Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Welcome to the program. Always an honor to sit in for Jim, be a part of the biggest and most important show in our industry. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket can. Jim has the day off. You knew about that. Still, I know what the show within the show is going to be. Where is Jim Rome? And as I told you a month ago, when it turned out that Jim was doing his civic duty and fulfilling his obligation to show up for at least one day of jury duty, I didn't know what the absence was about then. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. So do not pepper me at B.W. Weber, Weber with two B's, with your rank speculation as to the whereabouts of the Hall of Famer. We have a lot to get to. And I just want to be totally upfront. Hopefully by now you know I am clone friendly. It occurred to me driving to work today that 20 years ago this week, as we're thinking about NBA Finals anniversaries, I was moving into my mother's condo in Palm Springs here in Southern California. Uh, It was about 114 degrees of dry heat, getting ready to go to graduate school after I'd given up on broadcasting. So what's that tell you? Broke? unemployed, living with my mother. I am a clone. You know that by now. But this is a monumental platform, and this is a significant day in sports with the countdown to tip off already underway. Game six, NBA Finals tonight in Boston. Celtics are four-point favorites at home. Must win or the Warriors wrap up their fourth championship in the span of eight years. We're going to hit it hard for the next three hours. However, the goal is to be interactive. Phone calls taken selectively. 1-800-636-8686. Emails available. Keep them concise. I'm too vain to get glasses. I don't want to squint on national TV. RomanHaveATake.com. As always, Twitter is your best avenue. B.W. Weber, Weber with two B's. In 20 minutes, we'll get to your reaction. As always, screened by Tom. I don't call him Counts. I'm just the fill-in guy who they airlifted into the chair. I'm happy to be here, not looking to make waves. And we'll follow a winning blueprint. At least that's what I tell myself in terms of my approach to the particulars of this program. Just one guest per hour, not going to overwhelm you with outside voices. Coming up in 40 minutes, beyond what I'm going to get you fully lined up with when we jump into the monologue in 60 seconds about the NBA Finals, we'll dig deeper when we bring in one of the most thoughtful basketball writers in the country. That's Kurt Halen, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. Next hour, we talk just a little bit of baseball with Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. Are the Braves ever going to lose again? Don't look now. Aaron Judge, who I'll call Paul Bunyan at least 17 times during the program, hit another home run yesterday on pace to go deep 65 times. Final hour of the program. We'll wrap it up with more NBA Finals analysis when we're joined by Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report. So, as I take a good look at my surroundings, I am not blinded by the shiny head of my dear friend Garrett Ritt. I've been watching and listening all week long. We're still on Alvin. Watch, 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 watch. I don't know where he is. 
Not my business, above my pay grade. I'm lucky they even let me in the door. When I swipe that key card, I hold my breath, and yeah, we fooled them again. And now the host is not here. Where is Jim Rome? So if I was Hacky Magoo and we didn't have, more than I really have, didn't have the NBA Finals, Game 6 coming up tonight, I could do three hours of the jungle version of Clue because key members of this program are disappearing. And you know that pesky Colonel Mustard did it in the conservatory with the rope, with the smack-off coming up next Friday. We'll make it more jungle-centric. How about... Paul's dog in the kitchen with a milk bone. He has captured all three of these principles. Paul's dog, very polarizing. I'm not going to weigh in because I want to come back, hopefully, in July if Jim decides to take some vacation. So that's the overview. Your reaction in 15 minutes as screened by Tom. So if you don't make it in the rotation, yell at the guy who squandered an Ivy League education to avoid me throughout the hallways the last 20 minutes as I wanted to talk about my floundering career. With that, let's get into how things should come together tonight in Boston and the easiest way to forecast the game. And I do have James Kelly on the other side of the glass. But remember, as the fill-in guy, I cannot steal Jim's act. I can't come in and do a very poor man's, a bereft version of the Jim Rome show. I'm not that talented, and it would be terrible, but James has the relationship with Jim. So while I have had James give me every angle about Game 6 tonight, including bizarre parlays involving things that are only available offshore, I'll just give you the view from Vegas. As mentioned, and... James can put on Twitter his own line. He'll do it quarter by quarter. Celtics, as you might imagine, a four-point favorite at home. Now, if you don't want to get bogged down in the details of crafting a overall connect-the-dots takeaway of the NBA Finals so far, I can do it for you. But the easiest way to view this game would be the laziest observation of them all, that you go with the Warriors because Steph Curry cannot be statistically less proficient from three-point range than he was on Monday night in Game 5 when he did not make a single three. And we know what Steph did the last time these teams met in Boston when they went back to the East Coast and Steph went off for 43 points in that heroic effort. But I think the more interesting way of framing what could happen tonight are what are the realistic expectations both tonight and need be on Sunday, and that would be spectacular, a Father's Day Game 7 if necessary. What's the right way of looking at Jason Tatum for the remainder of the series? Because we know a fair assessment of the Celtics hinges on the team concept. It's cliched, but it is so true. If you're analyzing what led to a magnificent turnaround this year put together by the Celtics, remember... Down the stretch, they went 28-7. and Prior to that, if you were listening and had to endure Sports Talk Radio in Boston, every other caller from the Cape was saying, I'm not going to do a a terrible Whitey Bulger impersonation. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. You can be a part of the program, 1-800-636-8686. In all candor, Twitter's the best way to go. That's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, in 15 minutes. In addition to your reaction, we'll make the move to the NFL with mandatory minicamps going on this week. And what 
is the motivation for the NFL not to take Deshaun Watson out of the equation right now. We'll get there in 15 minutes. But if you go back to midway through the regular season, conventional wisdom says it wasn't working in Boston and that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were either too much of an overlapping combination, sharing skill sets, or they didn't have the number one star. That was proven to be false because we saw what Boston did down the stretch, and we've seen what they've done in this postseason, and in many ways they're still ahead of schedule because you throw in the coaching change and a terrific job on the bench by M.A. Udoka, who waited all those years to get the opportunity as not only a journeyman player, a longtime assistant, and a team that believes in defense. I won't bore you with the stats, but even I'm aware, just watching these games, it's my occupation after all, these are the best two teams, if you want to look at metrics like defensive efficiency, in all of basketball. And it's not just solely reliant on Tatum. Talked about Brown. We know about his versatility. Robert Williams, a skilled defender. Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year as a guard. That doesn't happen too much. You got role players like Derek White, who will probably play better tonight at home after he did nothing the other night in San Francisco. But that was also symptomatic of what was slowing down the Celtics. We have seen it repeatedly throughout the postseason, and it really came into focus on Monday. They have long stretches where their game goes away. Couldn't buy a bucket in the first quarter. Stormed back in the third, made it very interesting, and then faded again in the fourth. And I think some of that is a fair liability connected to their star. You wonder how much this team feeds off what Jason Tatum is doing or what he's not accomplishing. And I don't want to be burying a guy who's only 24 years old. Remember, Tatum just turned 24 a few months ago in March. I'm well aware that he was highly deserving of landing on the first team All-NBA honorees. But if you truly believe he is one of the, let's not even say five best players, because we know All-NBA still is antiquated with position-by-position selections. Let's just say for the sake of this discussion, if you believe Tatum is one of the ten best players in the NBA, I think that's a fair way of framing it, doesn't he have to show up and carry his team at some point? And shouldn't tonight be the night to do it? At home in Boston, where the Celtics have only seen the opposition close out an NBA Finals once on the road. And that was the Lakers in the mid-80s. So all the motivation is there. Tatum, while he seems to be reflective, introspective, maybe he's too honest when he's been talking about the, I'm not concerned with being a superstar question that's out there. But the numbers capture what he has been failing to achieve. I realize he's averaging 23, 20 points a game. That's not phenomenal if you're going to be transcendent. The other way of looking at some of the flaws in a league that's all about three-pointers, he's hitting threes, and all those three-pointers are a byproduct of Steph Curry revolutionizing not only NBA basketball, but every level of hoops. But if you take away what Tatum's doing from distance and just look at traditional buckets, the lost start of the mid-range jumper, just two-point shots, 
he's averaging something like 20% from the floor. And what does that speak to? Being tentative? Maybe he's scurred? Is the moment too large? I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just watching these games. But if you're on Team Tatum and you're telling me that he is already one of the 10 best or dozen premier players in all of basketball, he's got to come up bigger when the bright lights are shining. And it doesn't get any more significant than a must-win elimination game for the Celtics. And I'm aware LeBron wasn't sensational in his first NBA Finals against the Spurs. I remember Kobe Bryant not being dominant against the Pacers. Slightly different because those guys went straight from high school. But I'm trying to be fair in this evaluation. But I'm also looking to not grade on a curve. I understand there is a learning curve when you get to the Finals. Typically... The path to an NBA championship has a series of steps, and you don't break through the first time. Still, if Tatum is going to be a player who moves the needles across the league, he's got to show up tonight. Now, if you're going to come back with the, okay, well, and you've heard me in the past, and again, to be totally upfront, I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. You're in the jungle here on CBS Sports Radio, Thursday edition, getting you set for Game 6 of the NBA Finals. A million years ago, I was the luckiest broadcaster in television and radio history. Somebody put me on TV in San Francisco when I was 22. I looked 13. I sounded 9. Along the way, I had about a nine-year relationship with the Golden State Warriors when they were abysmal, probably because I was a pseudo part of the broadcast team. We're talking about the greatness of Victor Alexander and Chris Gatling. But if you want my credentials, I'm pulling for the Warriors as a pseudo fan, but I have not forgotten since now I'm demanding that Tatum show up in a high-leverage situation, what Steph Curry has failed to do in the past. And because we're all looking for content to fill way too many platforms, not this platform, the biggest and most important show in our industry, what you're already hearing, and I'll pose hopefully a more sophisticated version of the question when we're joined coming up, in 25 minutes by Kurt Heelan of NBCSports.com. Steph Curry is going to be the finals MVP, even if the Warriors blow the next two games. Unless Tatum now has been called out by yours truly and goes off in game six and seven. I think Curry's done enough to solidify what only Jerry West has done in the last 50 years. Losing team produces the MVP. When the Lakers lost to the Celtics, as they did just about every year, that year was 1969. So we get Curry as finals MVP. I think Boston wins tonight. Warriors win in seven on Sunday. So now Curry has a fourth ring. And the knock on Steph has been, yeah, but you're the greatest shooter in the history of the NBA, the three-point king, yeah, but you were never the MVP of the finals because Andre Iguodala won that honor. And you could argue LeBron might have won it in defeat when the Warriors beat the Cavs in 2015. And we know Durant came back to win back-to-back finals MVP. But with Steph answering that question winning MVP honors in the finals for the first time, and picking up a fourth ring, whether it happens tonight or on Sunday, what do we do with Steph Curry in the framework of 
who's the most impactful player of his era. I'm not doing Steph Curry versus Michael Jordan radio. Don't have to. If I come back on July 4th, I'll break the emergency window. The fill-in handbook says, when desperate, talk. Pete Rose Hall of Fame, and now expand MJ, LeBron, and Steph. But I do think it is a fair conversation, and one we can have together at 1-800-636-8686 or on Twitter, BW Weber, Weber with two Bs. You give Curry a fourth ring. He's been an MVP in the regular season. Now he'll be an MVP in the finals. Who's the more impactful player of an era in which they overlap? LeBron James or Steph Curry? I think it's an interesting conversation and one that I will revisit throughout the program. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you are a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cash back match, for instance. Discover matches all the cash back that you have earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. This is one day only. Jim let you know the other day he needed the day off. Back with you tomorrow, so you only have to contend with yours truly for two and a half more hours. Remember, also, this is the opportunity of a lifetime for someone like me. So I come with four and a half hours worth of content that I try to cram into a three-hour bag, but we'll always make time to be interactive. Open the phone calls in the next hour of the program. 1-800-636-8686. Your tweets are coming up. That's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. In 15 minutes, we'll go back to the NBA conversation with football straight ahead. We'll get you the evaluation of how things could go tonight. Must win for the Celtics. Game six at the Garden. Looking forward to our latest conversation with Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. As promised, some reaction. Aaron in Iowa writes, hey, B-Webb, where's Rome? I guarantee he took the hog out of storage, is shirtless riding down the beach with Dodger Jetta on his back, War tan smack needed the day off? Unlikely. Lanier Messenger. Melbourne Justin's always prescient on a big word Thursday. I don't even know what that word means. I'm throwing it out there. He's insightful. First Alvi, then Ritz, now Rome. They are disappearing faster than Chris Paul in the playoffs. Well played. Although Rome's coming back and Chris Paul is never getting back to the level that he was at. And don't come up with the point God. Self-gloss is not permitted, as we know, in the jungle. Canadian hitman, wow, Rome really let himself go. Yours, viewers, tuning into the show for the first time in years on TV. Thank you. If I can be self-promotional, because I'm going to break it down frame by frame. I love the Zapruder film. When I get home, on the cycle of Baldwins, I'm skewing more Billy than I was shifting towards Danny the last time I was here. That steam room is my friend. Finally, Dave the Rocket Guy. You have a floundering career. You got nothing on me, signed Pervin Meyer. That's devastating. And with that, let's make the move to the NFL. And I mentioned mandatory minicamps lay the foundation for football conversation. To be upfront about the media perspective, 10 years ago when I worked at NFL Network, we went all in with OTAs, organized team activities, because... We talk football 52 weeks a year. ESPN would show up 
maybe periodically you have local guys who have that responsibility. But even as recently as a decade ago, we largely ignored OTAs because we should ignore them. You and I are not involved with the installation of a new offense. We're not working on the cadence of a two-minute drill. OTAs are glorified practices. Guys running around in shells, they should be ignored. However, given our addiction to football and the juggernaut that the National Football League has developed into, now everything that has the shield connected to it commands our attention. And unfortunately for both the league and most specifically the Cleveland Browns, OTAs, mandatory minicamps in this case, offer an opportunity for media access to players. So I think Jim has approached this story responsibly when it comes to the particulars of the allegations. Remember, not a criminal case, allegations of a civil nature, meaning lawsuits, for Deshaun Watson. And I listen every day. I watch on CBS Sports Network as much as I can. Kudos, as always, to our terrific television team in New York City. They do a magnificent job. I have a feeling that some of you are starting to tune out when it comes to Deshaun Watson. Certain subjects can lead to fatigue, especially given the severity of these allegations and the graphic nature of this case. But now with reports... Two more accusers are preparing to come forward, and that would get us to 26. However you view what is going on and what could happen in the future, shouldn't Deshaun Watson stop talking publicly? And if you want to take a step back and remind me of presumption of innocence, I'll remind you that's in a criminal matter, but... The standard applies. We all believe in due process. And if he's being wrongly accused, what's the line you always hear? I'd be on the top of every mountain shouting at the top of my lungs, I did not do it. I understand it. But with Watson saying nothing, and part of that is legal strategy, because everything he says now is on the record and can be used against him in these civil cases, I don't think he's helping himself. By coming out there and trying to have it both ways, saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, I've done nothing wrong. However, I do apologize for this becoming an issue I have to talk about. And now he's getting pressed. Do you want to apologize to anybody? Well, he shouldn't because that's going to hurt him with the civil cases. But he shouldn't be out there. So here's what I'm wondering. A league that does so many things right. The NFL monetizes everything. In part because we're addicted to football and they're our dealer. They know how to make sure we get our fix. I'm talking about the NFL midway through June with game six of the NBA Finals coming up tonight. And the NFL is just going to be a sliver of the program. Hey now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. 
reach for a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty. It's tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying that way. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And clones, if you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? But despite all of that business acumen and a fabulous notion of how to literally print money, they can't figure out matters of discipline. And I'm not going to go all the way back to Ray Rice, but you know all of the issues the NFL has had when it comes to this area. But they've tried to present at least publicly, the notion that they've learned. They're looking to get better in an area that is their biggest public relations liability. So along the way, they came up with the commissioner's exempt list. And they used it in the Adrian Peterson case. And I realized that was different because those were criminal allegations of child abuse. And Roger Goodell, the last time he came out of hiding, said he didn't think... The exemplist would be pertinent in the Watson case because this is a civil matter. But because this league has made up their own judicial system and rules when it comes to player discipline, every step of the way, why would they not revise things? Because they can do effectively whatever they want within the loose parameters of a collective bargaining agreement in which they beat the players one more time because they always do that. Why wouldn't the league come out with a statement maybe as soon as tomorrow? We're in the summer now. Friday news dump. I don't want to read your tweets about a news dump later on. Friday press release. 5.07 p.m. from 345 Park Avenue in New York City. Roger Goodell states, Deshaun Watson is now on the commissioner's exempt list as the league continues its own fact-finding investigation. Watson still gets paid. And remember the way his contract is structured. The Browns are shielding his income away from game checks, bracing for the suspension, which could be as long as a full season at this point. Because the New York Times has done what the Browns apparently failed to do, an actual thorough and responsible investigation. They found 66 different massage therapists that were contacted by Deshaun Watson in the span of 17 months. I'll say that number again. 66 So the New York Times has been able to do their investigation in a timely manner. What is taking the league so long? And I know the counter would be, you don't want to rush to judgment. You want the process to play out with these civil cases. But Deshaun Watson may not be in a courtroom if it gets that far with the civil litigation until next year, 2023. So is the league really going to let him show up every Sunday and have to deal with potential protest and more questions about a case that just won't go away? Here's where they've created their own dilemma. Because if they put him on the exemplist, which I do think would be the right course of action, well, that's not in the suspension. That's just pausing things. 
And what if he, and I think the league is waiting for him either just to write a check to settle these cases and then say, we got you. A settlement, in our view, is an admission of guilt. And remember, it doesn't have to be anything that is tangible involving an indictment, a conviction. It only has to be perception leading to the personal conduct policy kicking in. Go back to Ben Roethlisberger. He was never charged with anything, but it was a pattern of unseemly behavior, and that led to the six-game suspension, knocked down to four. Well, that was a handful of incidents, which I'm not minimizing. I'll say it again. Deshaun Watson is up to, if this report is accurate, 26 different accusers. The league has to do something, but I think the risk they're running is if they take him off the practice field and away from the facility, put him on the commissioner exempt list, how do they have an end game? Do they wait for the civil cases to be cleared up? And then do they suspend him after putting him in purgatory on the exempt list? And remember, he did not play at all last year. We're looking at the real possibility of Deshaun Watson, however it's achieved, missing a second consecutive year. Go back to the last time we saw him. He led the league in efficiency and passer rating. But there's a real possibility he may not play for another season. That'd be back-to-back years without one of the best in football. And this situation continues to be muddled. Trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a 1,000 locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and Samer next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. We roll on on the Jam Pack Thursday. You can hop aboard at 1-800-636-8686. More of your tweets coming up in hour number two, which is less than 20 minutes away. We'll tip off the second hour of the program trying to get inside the mind of Kevin Durant. What do you think KD is thinking tonight? Or how about Kyrie Irving with their old teams Meeting on the biggest stage in the NBA game six coming up tonight at the Garden. Must win for the Celtics. Let's get you fully lined up with an old friend, Kurt Hillen, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. Kurt, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm out in Boston where, hey man, I think I can see at least three Dunkin' Donuts out my hotel window. <laughs> so. Cliches happen because they're true. <laughs> not not just being lazy with our analysis. You probably can do on-the-scene reporting as you survey things in the Hub City. So let's start with the Celtics. You and I chatted during the Eastern Conference Finals, and you pointed out that a pattern was developing, that they made things against Milwaukee, even without Chris Middleton, too interesting. Almost blew that massive lead in Game 7 against Miami. Kurt, we saw it again with the inconsistency quarter-by-quarter quarter in Game 5 on Monday of the finals, is it too cliched to say that this team doesn't have a closing mentality or is it more nuanced than that? I don't know if it doesn't have a closing mentality. I think they're just young and they, they're, the poise isn't there. The, I don't know, you call it the Warriors have that championship medal, right? Like, when the pressure's on, and hey, Steph's having an off game, they still find a way. They raise their game. They, they, 
are able, you know, hey, Clay Thompson steps up and, and other guys step up with, you know, Andrew Wiggins has the big game. I don't know that Boston's gotten there yet. I think they're capable. I, they just haven't shown that, like you said, they didn't show it against the Bucks when they had a chance to, you know, they, they made that series tougher than it needed to be. They've struggled against Miami closing out at home, at home and then having to, you know, almost blowing it at, on the road in games. You can't do that against the Warriors. You can't, like, and, and that's what we've seen. You make those same mistakes against the Warriors, and they're just too poised. They're just too big in the moment. They've just been there, and they don't let you off. They're, they're not going to let you off the hook and let you win that game. And I, I think that's where we are in this series. Boston is challenged by the Warriors' defense. They, they have to play in a crowd, and they haven't quite figured out how to do it, and they're not showing poise under pressure. And, hey, it's a home crowd tonight, Brian, but there's pressure, man. It's, it's win, or, win or you're done. Get you set for or highly anticipated game six of the NBA Finals coming up tonight with Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports. Kurt, big picture, though, hard to slam the Celtics after the remarkable turnaround in the middle of the season, making it all the way to the finals. So let's say they lose either tonight or game seven. Where do you think this team needs to focus on in terms of improvement next year? I think we can put... The speculation aside that Tatum and Brown aren't good together, they can't coexist, but what could this team be lacking? Uh, look, veterans and shooters now, as wing play, like you just, you can't have, I mean, they start Brown and Tatum, but you can't have enough. Look, what has Derek White meant to them, right? Like they need more of that veteran role player who can shoot them and some shooters who can help carry them. And by the way, Brian, wing depth and shooters to help carry them through the season because they're getting through these playoffs. And and that was part of the issue in, in game five. They've had to play two seven-game series. They have got to play Brown and Tatum 40-plus minutes a night. Smart's got to be right in that mix. And they're front rim and stuff, right? Like the legs just looked a little dead. They're still young and they can get away with this, but over the course of 82 next year, they need to bring those minutes down. They need to get the depth out there to do this. This is a team poised to be back here many, many times, you know, not many times, but like three out of the next five. The East isn't getting softer, right? Like Milwaukee's still out there and Miami's still out there, but they could be here two or three more times in the next five years. But they're going to have to bring in some depth. And on the flip side of that, they need to try to take advantage of this one, Brian, because how many times did we say that about the <laughs> – Harden, Durant, Westbrook, Thunder, or, you know, if you're old school, like Dan Marino or something like, like how many times do you say, oh, they'll be back? And it's not that easy to get back. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you are a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cash back match, for instance. Discover matches all the cash back that you have earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. Kurt, you're generous with your time. You make yourself available for a lot of shows. So I'm not going to be hacky Magoo as the fill-in host to say, well, we've had the Michael Jordan-LeBron debate. Let's throw Steph in and make it a Texas tornado match. Three guys in the ring at the same time. But I do think this is a fair question, and I'd love your opinion. 
Steph wins the fourth ring. Steph earns MVP honors in the finals for the first time. What does that do to, say, this conversation? Who's the most impactful player of their era, Steph Curry or LeBron James? Uh, It's still LeBron. It's still LeBron dragged nine teams. Was it nine years, ten years in a row to the finals? Um, Is still the better player. I think, though, you start to move into the conversation, is Steph top ten all time, Mm -hmm. top 12, like wherever you're going to break that number. Um, Like you said, four rings, a finals MVP is nice, but when you start putting that resume together for him and trying to rank him all time, you know what goes at the top of it? Best shooter ever. And you think that's case closed. We know statistically he's the three-point king. Yeah, exactly. But I think I think in terms of his ability to change the game with his shooting, he is a good two point shooter. He can get he's got those handles, he can get into the paint and finish. He's a surprisingly good finisher around the rim. Um I think his just but his pure shooting, just the way he changes the game with his shooting moves him really far up that list in terms of a conversation. In terms of you know, I, I don't know where you rank him ultimately against a Larry Bird or a Kobe or like, you know, that, that's a debate we can have. But I think he starts to enter that level of, con, you know, that top 12, top 15, top 10 conversation because of, again, four rings, two MVPs, best shooter ever. Like you, you, at the end of the day, Brian, I believe the sport is about putting the ball in the basket, <laughs> and he's really good at it. Thank you, Dr. Naismith. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Getting yourself for the NBA Finals with Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer, NBCSports.com. Kurt, looking for a concise answer. Got a couple minutes left. We all know nationally that Draymond Green could run for mayor in any town in the Bay Area and win. He's that popular. I understand the intangibles. And quietly, he had a versatile stat line Monday. However, given the atrocious offense that we saw early in the series... Could this be foreshadowing of what's coming up? Is this a reflection of where Draymond is at this stage of his career? Yes. Just to keep, I mean, like you said, just keep it quick. They, they are, Draymond's a guy who has always been part, partially IQ and partially just good enough as an athlete to make this work at the NBA level. He is not, he's not Robert Williams explosively, right, like as an athlete, but he was good enough, but he's losing. Father Time wins all the races, Brian. He is losing 10% right now, or whatever that number is. And his IQ can make up for that on the defensive end, but it's, it's killing him on the offensive end. And it's something Bob Myers and the Warriors have to deal with long-term. You can't get rid of You don't want to get rid of him. He's the heart, of, heart and soul in a lot of ways. But you've got to replace some of his production. Kurt, great information as always. I'm excited. You're on the road. Should be a spectacular experience. As a journalist, I know you're not eating hot dogs, but just to be in the garden for a game six should be memorable. I appreciate you joining us, and we'll touch base when we get to NBA free agency because July means a lot of people take vacation, and I get to clutch the microphone. (laughs) I look forward to it, Brian. I I don't get to maybe the end of July we can get to vacations for NBA writers. All right, Kurt, you're the best. Thanks so much. That's Kurt Heelan, who reminds all of us your best ability is availability. I limped in the door. Should I say Willis Reed? Now, Willis only had to hang around, hit a couple jump shots, went home. I am doing three hours on a sciatic condition. 
Do we have a post-game show on YouTube to see what it's going to take for me to get out of this chair? We know the crane was involved to <laughs> lower me into the fortified chair, which I will put on its standard axis after the program. So Jim, when thankfully he's back tomorrow, doesn't have to drop a, hey, Weber, what's your deal bomb to start the program? A reminder, with Jim back tomorrow... That gets us one day closer to the smack-off coming up next Friday. It's the biggest day in the jungle every year, and it's sponsored by Famous Smoke Shop, voted the best place to buy cigars online, hundreds of Father's Day gifts as well. Get great deals on cigars, cigar accessories, humidors, and more only at Famous-Smoke.com. Good night now!